Parsons, you're listening to No Names, All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, which is no one right now, but hopefully some people will join. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first live edition of No Names, All Game for this season. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always. Wait, hold on. Not as always. Uh, we have a slew. We have a slew of characters uh, this week. It is the Indiana preview. Uh, I will start with a public apology to my boy, my co-host, Pat Calicchio. I fucked up. Uh, we were supposed to record last night, and I just fell asleep. Honestly, uh, I was just watching the Yankee game and uh, fell asleep, but we didn't get to record. So we decided we were going to go live today, um, and then, unfortunately, he got stuck at work. So we got the fellas filling in. Um, Brandon, Tony, Alex, we got everyone here. Um, this is Indiana week, so I'm going to start with a general question. Um, Brandon, we'll start with you. Is this a revenge game? Absolutely not. There's okay. no reason this should be a revenge game. They beat us. They didn't do anything afterwards. They didn't do anything during the game. It, I don't understand where the whole revenge narrative comes from. This should be a week of normal business. We're in and we're out. Anyone else? Alex, Tony, any, you think it's a, a revenge game? I'll let Alex. As much, as much as I'd love to argue against Brandon. No, <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I 100% believe it's a revenge game because we should have won. I think it was, I think it was the wrong call um, that lost us the game. And, yeah, so I hope that we treat it as if, as if like, they're, like, an arch, like, enemy. And also, it was, is, was that the first game of the season? It was. It was the game so that, that put us on the an 0-5 stage. That literally started a spiral. That's how I'm thinking about it. I think that game, that loss set the tone for – really the first half of the season. And, and I think given that, I think we need to approach that as like, as, as, as brutal as like we possibly can. We didn't lose because of a bad call. We lose because we lost because we couldn't execute at all whenever it mattered. Sure. I know, yeah. Uh, like 500,000 yards and we still lost that game. Yeah, because no, we, we ran a touchdown when they said don't run the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, like we, we, so much that we like that was not lost because of the rest. That was lost because Penn State is the most inept team in the world. I'm sure we're going to reminisce a whole lot on last year's uh-huh. game as we preview this one. Um, quick shout out to Kegel's Bagels in the chat, our only viewer right now, Kegel. Uh, we love you. Um, so this is a four and zero Penn State team uh, going up against a two and two Indiana team. Indiana has losses to Iowa and Cincinnati, both top 10 teams, uh, and a very close win over Western Kentucky, which they had to eke out. So uh, current spread, Penn State minus 12, 12 and a half. It was up as high as 13, 14 when it opened, um, but it's down near that 12, 12 and a half range now. Uh, and the over-under is uh, 53 and a half. So what we do on these preview shows, uh, we go through a couple different topics. We talk about what to watch for, something that you're keeping your eye on. We talk about don't be surprised if that's a, uh, uh, a bold prediction, something that you're, you're going to give the fans before they see it on the field. Uh, a key to victory, the one thing that will put us over the top, and then a final prediction. And we also have uh, some Twitter questions this week, questions from uh, our friends on Twitter. So let's get it started with a what to watch for. Gentlemen, who would like to go first? Okay. Don't all jump at once. I'll <laughs> let somebody else say it, but I'll go. Uh, Alex, go. I think that probably what everybody's watching for this week is the run game um, of Penn State. I mean, you know, other than Ball State, we've looked awful on the ground this 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 year. Uh, you know, you can accredit that somewhat to, you know, Wisconsin and Auburn. But, like, you know, I know Villanova geared up to stop the run and all, but we should have had done better against the run uh, than we did. You know, Sean Clifford's been, you know, at, 
as good as you could have hoped for, uh, you know, minus maybe the Wisconsin game, but you'll call that just settling in first game nerves and whatnot. But the run game just really hasn't been off to a good start. I mean, you know, and it's been a combination of the offensive line not being open, able to open up holes and, you know, the running backs trying to bounce everything outside because there's no open holes. So I think that, uh, that that's what I'm looking for most is, is the run game uh, and to see if we can, we can be better than we've been over the past course of the season other than Ball State. Yeah, it's a common theme. I think we're going to talk about the run game a whole lot throughout this episode and throughout hopefully not the whole year, but it's been a theme so far. Brandon, what are you watching for? Um, I'm watching for the pass rush. Uh, I refuse to get down on them about the run game. Uh, they threw for 400 yards, over 400 yards against Villanova. Um, that's what you do when someone tries to crash your run game is you throw for 400 yards. Uh, Villanova is one of the best FCS rush teams. Honestly, what, maybe. What, 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 what was the first word? What was the first word? The best what? FCS. Oh, FCS. Okay. Oh, so uh, is, yeah. that, is that good? Is that like better? Is that good? <laughs> anyways, so. Um, <laughs> so they're the best JV team? <laughs> anyways, Brandon. Finish. Yeah, anyways, like I was saying, um, one of the best FCS runs schools, they dominate every team they play in the FCS, FCS in the run. They sold out in the run. You, they rarely had safety help over. Uh, even on, on for the bloggy, he, he did some uh, a great review. And even on those reviews, the safeties are crashing as soon as the handoff is. Uh, given so I yeah there were times there were blocks that were missed there were assignments that were missed but those guys were keyed in on stopping the run um, so I it that's fine uh, we'll be fine our pass game is fine and the run game will will we'll figure it out so pass rush I think the pass rush is going to be everything um, getting uh, pinks Penix Penix getting Penix uh, <laughs> getting Penix uh, uh, you know he hasn't had necessarily a great year and I think trying to force him to turnovers and getting our pass rush going will be really important because that hasn't been as where I think we should be or could be. I agree. I, I agree. Did you guys, did you guys watch that for the bloggy video? The uh, what's wrong with Penn state rushing? I did. Yeah. Tony, you watched that? Uh, no. Okay. So let, we're going to jump to a Twitter question because we're on the topic. Uh, so Brandon, you and I will handle this one. Uh, Sweens, our good friend, Sweens, Sween eggs and ham. Great Twitter name as always uh, said, after watching the what's wrong with the PSU run game video breakdown, where do you think we make the adjustments to get it going? So for you guys, basically coach Caduti, our boy uh, broke down what's going on with the run game. And basically what it came down to is it's not 100% the O-line just getting beat. Basically he talked about how in this new scheme, um, there's a lot of miscommunication and missed assignments, primarily with the tight ends, but also with some of the O-line where we're just leaving guys open, leaving guys untouched, not getting to the second level in time. And when our offensive line is getting on their blocks, they're actually doing a good enough job at holding it. So by having these miscommunications, we're getting these free rushers. Uh, and, and like Alex said, not having the rushing lanes for uh, the running backs. So um, when you look at that kind of concept, rather than just saying, hey, the offensive line's got to be better, like what do you think is, is the adjustment that we make to overcome these early issues? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's just time. I mean, you talk, we talk about 2016, uh, and it took what three and a half, four and a half games to get going. And even against Ohio state, our offense was not going. It was a yellow ball game that, you know, yellow ball game and a block kick, you know, we didn't really get going until the game afterwards. So uh, it's a new offensive scheme. Um, they're not playing, uh, and I, I think I forget his call, but they're not playing as fast as they can be. And you, you can see it. There's a lot of thinking involved. There's, it, it's not fluid yet, and it, it'll get there. Uh, I think the passing game may be easier because of the concepts that were already in place, but the, right, the running game is entirely different. We're running, we're running out of center. Uh, our running backs haven't done that yet. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's an entirely new concept. Cliff, that's an entirely new concept for him. He hasn't done that since he got to Penn State. I mean, so all these things definitely take time to, uh, 
to develop and, and work together. So I'm not, I'm not worried yet. I mean, I'm frustrated, but not worried. Yeah, I think the tight ends are a huge piece too. Um, you know, we, we've seen Yurcich run formations with two tight ends, with three tight ends on the field. Um, all of our tight ends are, are somewhat inexperienced and I, I would say definitely more inexperienced in the blocking game. We know that they're freaks. We know that they can catch. Uh, but understanding the assignments, making sure that they're getting the guys they're supposed to get, I think will be a huge turnaround once we get through that learning curve. Also, not worried. Tony, what do you guys got for what to watch for? Uh, for me, it's um... – it's actually running backs, considering the fact that Noah Kane also uh, only had one rush. I believe he got hurt. Um, so seeing, is he going to be, is he going to, is he fully healthy? Is he going to be getting the majority of the reps? Uh, I love, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I think, and I, and I think like, it's kind of like a thunder and lightning between him and, and Noah. So I think them both out there playing together is huge for us. Um, so uh, what to watch for is like, is Noah Kane going to be back? Is he, is, and if he's back, is he going to be a hundred percent? Because I think he compliments Lovett really well. And Lovett looks good in his own right, but I think both of them together, like a thumper and someone who can just beat you on the corner um, is huge. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Noah, Noah Kane has struggled with this. I mean, even against Ball State when everybody did play well, he averaged what, like three yards a carry? Like yeah. no has not played well this year, even he's, even when he's getting opportunities. And, and it's not all his fault. Like, you know, but like – Then why throw him under the bus like that? Well, <laughs> the, the big game that everybody talks about is, is Ball State. Yeah, but against Ball State, everybody broke out, except for Noah Kane in the rushing game. It's, it's a little concerning. They, they, they said he, he was out after his one carry in the Villanova because he was a little banged in practice. Yeah, so I, I, I get maybe, it. I he's get playing, maybe he's playing through something. We, we don't know. Franklin never really yeah. talks about that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that's not the case, though. I hope, I hope he, not. Yeah. I don't and like I, the I, running backs. I, want, I only want two. I only want a rotation of two. But that's just, there was five running backs that have, have had snaps this year. Noah Kane's like at 150 snap count. Next few are at like 50 and 30 for Love It and then Kevon Lee. So it's a matter of like, are you going to have consistency in the running game? And I don't think we've had that yet. And, and with that, I think it's just not being able to sustain a good run game and knowing what to expect from your running backs because you have to shift between five different running backs, different styles. What are you expecting from any one of them? And being able to just understand what they're going to be running and, and what their tendencies are, I think you need to have that on the offense to, to have consistency and be able to sustain drive. So sticking with two or three, um, if two, I think at most, uh, is where we need to, need to be focusing on the offense. Question yeah. for the group, um, and you'll probably do this at the, like the end of the season or something like that, but since we're on the, the topic of running backs and having so many running backs that rotate in, as of right now, who would you guys say is the running back you think will transfer at the end of the year? Uh, is Devin Ford able to transfer? Is he going to have any years after that? Like he, he, I think, has been playing a little bit more this year and last year, and he hasn't had the snap count compared to everyone else. Why, so. And why isn't Devin Ford playing? Do we? I thought he was I, the I, guy behind Journey Brown. I thought he was number two, and now. He, Theoretically, he was. Kevon Lee jumped him last year. Kevon Lee proved that he was good enough. He became the number two, I guess the number one with Noah Kane out. Um, and there, there were comments all offseason. Like, Jawan Sider was, like, very direct of, 
Devin, Devin's got to put some things together. He knows what he's got to work on. He's got to get better. Like you don't hear coaches be direct like that. And he said a couple, there were a couple of quotes where I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe they're not as high on him as we are as fans. Um, and I think to, to your question about the transfer, like, yeah, like, cause I Holmes is still young enough. Devin Ford is coming to sort of end of his career where like, he's going to make it maybe, but I don't want to think about that right now. I don't want to think about that. He runs scared. Uh, Devin Ford runs scared. I don't Tony, When I watch him, I'm, he runs scared. He doesn't run scared. He just doesn't, it's not delivered enough. He doesn't hit the hole the way he should. And it's been clear ever since he, besides his 80 yard run, it's been clear ever since he's played in Penn State. He's not, he doesn't have it. Not yet at least. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's stay on the positive vibes for now. Tony, are you guys, you guys got separate answers. Or are you sharing answers over there? Do we have another what to watch for? What to watch for? I think uh, controlling Michael Penix. I think, Arguably, he was what beat us last year. I, I don't think there was anything real like besides that, us making mistakes, maybe, but he was basically the driving force behind Indiana. So if we're able to control him, and I think our defense has been really, really good, uh, we're going to be on guard and we'll be able to stop a lot of what he may be able to um, add, add into the mix for an offense. So controlling Michael Penix on the defensive side is, is the biggest thing for me on, on uh, what to watch for there. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I'm burping through this entire thing. I'm drinking a, uh, a nice pumpkin ale. Um, it's delicious, but I'm burping. So sorry for those that are listening, which is the one viewer that we have right now, which actually might be me because I have the YouTube window open. So to our no viewers who will listen to this at a later time, I apologize for burping. Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Am I what to watch for? And this is actually not indicative of this year's performance at all, but it's just because this is burned into my brain from last year. Um, it's red zone efficiency. Um, Alex, you mentioned earlier, we dominated in, in yards, uh, for the game. We dominated in time of possession. Um, and you know, the, the two interceptions from cliff that gave them quick and easy scores was probably the biggest thing that turned it, but red zone efficiency was another one. Um, so in last year's game against Indiana, we were two for four, uh, with a fumble Levis fumbled in the red zone, a missed field goal. We missed a very short field goal. Uh, and then one of our successes, Brandon talked about it, was Ford, was Ford scoring when he shouldn't have. So with all things considered, with the interceptions, with the, the, the Penix was short, all of that, we still didn't convert when we needed to convert. So this year, we're actually doing great. Like I said, not indicative of this year's stats. Uh, we are 92% successful in the red zone right now. That's 12 for 13 with six rushing touchdowns two passing touchdowns and four field goals. I think the only miss we have might've been that one short field goal that uh, Stout missed in the game against Wisconsin. So I have no concerns about us actually being able to finish. Um, and on the other hand, Indiana's red zone defense is allowing a score 100% of the time. Uh, they've given up 14 scores. Love that. Love, like those odds. Like 14, those odds. 14 scores on 14 attempts, five rushing, five passing, four field goals. So basically what I'm watching for is I just want to, I want to put my foot on the gas and I want to score six every single time we're in the red zone. Obviously we've had plenty of big plays this year, the 52 yard touchdowns, the 80 yard touchdowns that we haven't had to be in the red zone. But if, and when we're there this week, I just want to jam it down their throats. So I'm going to be watching for that. <laughs> that's another burp. Sorry guys, you're getting it this week. Um, all right. Don't be surprised if we got a visitor, Tony, you want to, you want to introduce the visitor that's on the stream right now. This is the resident um, Penn State mascot, Scout. What up Scout? He has a little bib and everything. So we <laughs> All right, Tony, you guys start us off for the next category. Next category is don't be surprised if. So this is sort of a okay. prediction. What do I'm you guys got? Don't be surprised if Penn State gets a pick six. Because it's coming. Were you reading my mind? I was going to say we have two defensive touchdowns. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Because 
and and don't be super surprised if one of them comes from Brandon Smith. After that Man. egregious after that egregious Auburn drop that I'll never forgive him for. Um, but he can make up for it tomorrow with like a huge pick six. That like we had not even a pick six, just like a turnover for a touchdown. Uh, I know we had one called back um, last game. That I think that's that's where we're missing. Like our DBs are jumping routes, linebackers are jumping routes. They're seeing things happen, <laughs> but it seems like every single time um, they either drop it. Well, I mean they just dropped it each time. And and this has kind of gone back to like really the past like three years. Like Penn State's kryptonite is actually getting the turnover and. Like, how many times, I mean, Brandon can, can say, how many times did we almost have a fumble and then we fumbled the fumble and then we lose the ball? It's just, that is, that is, that is our kryptonite, is, is actually getting the turnover. We're always in position, but don't be surprised if we finally put it together and, um, and, and get some defensive points this week. I'll jump in. I'll, I'll switch it up from the two defensive touchdowns that I mentioned. Don't be surprised if Sean Clifford jumps in the Heisman rankings after this week. Um, I think that he's we, – we have a formidable schedule, and after last week's performance and toning back a lot against a Villanova team where he could have kept going, um, I think if he, if, if he pours it on and gets at least three touchdowns this week, at least 300 yards, I think people are going to start looking at him. He jumped last week. He's at, like – a couple, I think it was like 40 to one at this point, but if he keeps going at this rate, he's, he's winning. He's on a highly ranked team and uh, he, he's performing well. And I was one of the biggest Sean Clifford doubters two years back last year. And we could all raise our hands at that. I don't think anyone on this call may have felt comfortable with him, but he's shown me a lot with your station and I, I'm looking forward to this game, especially if he can perform well and, and give us a win. I hope people don't bring up my old tweets. I hope they don't put <laughs> Hope they don't send me to that that freezing takes account because oh, oh boy. god yeah I've uh, I think I've been better on Twitter I'm always hashtag sniff the cliff but on this podcast I've been very vocal about my problems I, I declared two episodes ago that I am all aboard the cliff train obviously on board should have taken him when he was you know a hundred to one or two hundred to one or whatever he was um, but Tony I like the turnover one uh, so if you I was looking at some stats I actually I haven't been great about looking at stats this season pulled some for this one. Um, we are plus five right now. We have seven takeaways uh, and only two interceptions, one of which, you know, last week was not Cliff's fault right off of Keandre Lambert-Smith's hands. We're on the other one, which at the end of a half, fine. Uh, Indiana, negative two. Uh, they have seven turnovers, six of which come from the arm of Michael Penix, six interceptions. Uh, and they're only, they're only turnovers on the defensive side. Uh, they have five takeaways. Four of them are fumbles. They only have one interception. So I really, really like us winning the turnover battle and just wreaking havoc. Uh, Alex, don't be surprised if. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's already said the turnovers. I was going to bring up turnovers as well, but I'll go in the opposite direction. Uh, don't be surprised if Indiana wins the time of possession uh, battle. I think that uh, Indiana is going to try to run the ball more than Penn State is going to. They may not necessarily succeed. I think that if Penn State could get out to an early lead, which we haven't been great at in the past, then I think that that's not going to necessarily be the case. But if you see like a, a close game and then Penn State jumping out in the second half, I think is what's going to happen. I think Indiana is going to try to run the ball more than Penn State, who's just been trying to throw the ball. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't time the second ball. Makes a lot of sense. Brandon, what do you got? That's a hot take. Every time. That was a hot take. You know, the, the, the team that has had terrible time of possession all year is not going to win the time of possession. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, don't be surprised. Have a possession this year. That's right. That's right. Just, no, they haven't. Yeah, and normally the team that wins the game is leading in the time of possession, especially a team favored, favored by 12 and a half. We'll, we'll have our stats and analytics department. Didn't we, kind of, didn't we lose time of possession last week against Villanova? Because we just kept scoring. we just scored on Because we kept quick. scoring. Probably. And I'm pretty Probably. sure against Auburn, too. Well, yeah. Uh, we definitely did have time of possession against yeah. Auburn won time of possession. Yeah. All right, and still a good take. Still a good take, Brandon. <laughs> Don't be surprised right, uh, if, Brandon. Uh, I won't be. Uh, if I tweet good things about Sean Clifford, don't be surprised. <laughs> they literally took, the, literally took it out of my mouth. That's literally, like, I am no on board with the train. Uh, I, I, I think he has turned the corner. Still interested to see his deep ball uh, more consistently. Uh, I think a lot of our touchdowns were had a lot of yak. So, uh, but, um, yeah, don't be surprised. I, I'm, I'm on the board, the medium to short chain train. Okay, if, if, Clifford, for if, Clifford, if Clifford goes, like, 75%, 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, interceptions, Brandon will be stiff for him. But if he has, like, one in, one bad interception, he's like, oh, this season's over. We're not going to be able to win. <laughs> the one thing I'm much more likely to turn on Cliff after this game than to be full stiff. The, the one My thing I'm is I've been seeing, like, like to, to Brandon's point, though, like – the biggest difference I see in Cliff this year versus last year, it's when when the pocket would, like, collapse on him last year, I just felt like he either threw a shitty interception or he just, like, cowered with the ball and then took a sack. But this year, I see him literally just moving and, and keeping his eyes downfield. And then he's hitting someone who is – he's hitting Jahan or something who is helping him and getting off of, oh, shit, I'm supposed to run a post route. Oh, he's in trouble. Here, let me come back and run this, like, little hitch route for 10 yards. Like, that's, like – that's the huge difference. That that's what he wasn't doing the past three years. That's still, and I don't know if it's from film. I just don't know if he's just comfortable, if he trusts his O-line. But he is just like, oh, there's pressure. Moves to the right. Moves to the right. One, two, and hit it. And, it's, and he's not holding on to the ball anymore or throwing okay. a ridiculous interception. I'm, I'm all aboard, Cliff. I'm just saying with Brandon, if and he's not perfect, then Brandon will. That was oh, not about perfect. And, and Cliff has been damn near perfect the last three weeks. It's the eye test, though. But Cliff also hasn't been hitting the deep ball, even though he hit one oh, deep see, ball. There you go. I will. But, no, but that's, that's real. That's, that's, how, that's our offense. That's what we're, we're predicated on. That's what we need. That's what we need to be a great team. Is for him accuracy on, accuracy on deep balls, I've, been, I've had odds in a, over the last four or five weeks, uh, or four weeks, I should say, of him just missing a ball where they were wide open. Wide and open. That, would set him, that would set him apart. We, yep. In the Wisconsin game, I think in the Auburn game, it happened a couple times where he just sailed the ball over it. Like, if he can hit those oh, throws. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happened. So, so he, he has the, – there was plenty of times where he's missed Jahan deep for as many as we've hit him. Uh, but to Tony's point, he has gotten a lot better with the pocket presence. I think it was last week there was one where he literally just kind of did the almost like little Dak hit movement, like dodged a guy, hit Jahan on the right <laughs> sideline. And it was gorgeous. It was one of the best throws he's had all season. So um, also, back, back, to, back to the topic here real quick. Don't be surprised if Brandon tweets nice things. Tony, you have one more thing to close it out? Uh, yeah, don't be surprised if you guys mentioned um, you mentioned Heisman for a clip. Don't be surprised if Jahan Dotson gets some looks at Heisman the way he's been playing. He was on Mel Kiper. 
He was on Mel Kuyper's number one receiver. Don't be surprised. Uh, if, if Jahan has another game where he's making, like, fucking one-handed catches and has 100 yards. And Cliff's and overthrowing him a little yeah, When Cliff is, like, slightly overthrowing him and Jahan is just snagging him out of the air, don't be surprised if, um, if, if, if Jahan creeps into those odds. I will, I will kick myself for that because that's one bet I didn't make and his odds were just absurd if you could find them. Um, I couldn't find them in the one sports book that I had. But I remember we, we talked about it on a preview show. It was like 10,000 to one or something ridiculous. Um, so I'll be, I'll be very pissed. I'll be super happy for him and I'll get over it, but I'll be pissed that I'm not winning money <laughs> on it. Um, all right, let me wrap this category up and we'll, we'll move on. Don't be surprised if – I'm going to give a one, one cautionary tale because we're all, we're all kind of giving positive spins to this. I'll give, I'll give one other side of the coin. Um, I'm, not actually, I'm not actually worried about this. But don't be surprised if one of our receivers is held somewhat in check. As I'm deep diving, Indiana, they have a corner named Taiwan Mullen. He was first-team All-American last year um, by Football Writers of Association of America, whatever FWAA stands for, uh, and Phil Steele. Um, he, he's their first corner, I think, that's been an All-American ever. Um, it's really hard to find defensive back stats. I was trying to look up, like, okay, how many times he's been targeted this year? What's his, like, completion rate? Really hard to find all of that. Um, but he's got 18 tackles, three passes defended. I don't know what their game plan is. I don't know if he's going to cover Jahan the entire game, go where he goes, if he has a field assignment where he stays on one side. I don't know. But, but again, don't be surprised if, if one of the receivers happens to have a down game because they're being covered by this kid. Don't be surprised. Don't freak out. The other two will eat. Not worried about it. Yes, sir. Hey, follow question. Who do you think will have a bigger game, Parker or Jahan? I think it depends on what they do with this kid. If he's as good as, you know, First team All-American from a COVID year that didn't really count. Can we even count it? I don't know. Um, if they keep him on yeah. Jahan all game, I think Jahan still does fine. But maybe we feed Parker more. Maybe we, we feed Keandre Lambert. So um, I, I love Parker Washington. I have a man crush on that dude I have since he was a recruit. Um, I, think they're, I think no matter no matter who eats the receiving core as a group, wins. Hey, if, if Cliff is throwing it, that's, that's that, it. That, 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 that's yeah, it. All right. Let's move on to the key to victory. Um, this is kind of similar to what to watch for, but what's the one thing that we need to do to win? Brandon, you start this one off. Uh, I mean, incredibly obvious, but our offense has to finish. And they have been all year, but they have to finish. Uh, I think our defense is going to lock them down. So it's, it's going to be on the offense to win this game. Um, and that, I mean, I think they will, but I think that's the key they have to finish. Fair, simple, and effective. Alex, key to victory. Uh, yeah, I think Penn State uh, needs to get out to an early lead. I think that make Indiana play from behind. I think that that's going to force Penix to try to throw deep, which is not done well at all this year. It's going to force him into some turnovers, let the pass rush get after him. Uh, I think that if Penn State can get out to a lead early, then Indiana is just going to crumble. Uh, I don't, I don't want to see like a close game, you know, at halftime and kind of just like a dirty game similar to like it was last year. I just want to see, like Brandon said, Penn State finish, jump out the early, force Penix to throw. I respect it. Tony, what do you guys got? Um, I was saying, just finish. Any time, like, I want to be 100%. Um, honestly, if we can, I would like to be 100% on, on all drives. 100% scoring on all drives. Not necessarily touchdowns, but anytime, 100% red zone. All and drives? Then, yeah, 100 I want to score every time we have wow. the ball. Wow. Unless, unless it's like running the clock out. <laughs> every time we touch the ball, I want us – I wanna... We're still I Penn gonna... State. We're not Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think it adds on everything that we've been talking about for what to watch for everything. Sustaining drives. If you're able to have a good run game, 
I love big plays. I love seeing Parker Washington get a 75-yard touchdown, Jaha getting 50-yard touchdowns, but sustaining drives and being able to, you know, deal with those third downs, those, you know, questionable, hey, do we go down fourth downs and we keep going and driving the ball? That's when we own the time of possession. That's when we own the game and, you know, really put them on their heels the whole game of saying, well, not only are they, they really good on defense, but we're not getting the ball and they're just owning it on offense and they're going one, two, third down, converting, one, two, third down, converting. And I think that makes a big difference. So if you could sustain a drive and, hey, I'll take a touchdown if it's on a 75-yard touchdown, but controlling the ball and doing that I think is going to be a big thing. Yeah, I think that's a great call, actually. I'm going to go back to my stats and analytics department, which is my note sheet that I, I wrote down here. Um, third down is actually – it surprised me a little bit. What would you guys guess our, our third down efficiency on this season is, our offense? Mm, Percentage-wise. 46. 35. 36. 35. It's a little under 50, yeah. Yeah, uh, 35. Alex, nailed it. Woo! Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are 17 for 48 on third down conversions. Uh, conversely, Indiana is converting at 45%. Now, granted. Uh, how much of that, what, what, what do you, probably don't have this, Wisconsin. How much of that was, I felt like Wisconsin, we did not convert on third down. Very low. Yeah, that, that probably contributes. Like I said, 17 for 48 overall. Um, also, Indiana uh, is 30 for 67. So they have 20 more third downs than we have. So obviously they're converting a little bit higher. But if you look at their defense, they're actually holding teams to only a 30% third down conversion rate, only 15 for 50. So as, as bad as they've been, as, as poor as they've looked, um, they've gotten teams off the field. So I, I agree that's going to be a, a point of contention. And that's, what, that's where I think my, my, my comment comes from is, hey, we did it against the teams that we needed to do against Ball State and Villanova. But against Auburn and Wisconsin, how were we on those third down drives? Like, did we sustain drives? No, we had less time of possession against Auburn and probably against Wisconsin too. I'm not sure about that. But sustaining those drives and keeping it going against good teams moving forward, not only Indiana and the other teams that we're going against, I think we need to build upon that. Yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, Mikey to victory. I, I, I kind of agree with everyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it again a little bit here. Um, I'm, not, I'm not wowed by Penix. I don't think anyone is this year. He's, he's had a much further down year this year than the Magic he put out last year. So it's like I hear a lot of this, and I've, I've read some articles this week. I've been on Twitter of like control Penix, make him make mistakes. And like I think we're going to do that naturally. Um, so I'll flip it. I'll just say contain the run, which seems to be my key to victory every single week is contain the run and make the suboptimal quarterback be a hero. Um, Steven Carr's their running back. He's averaging 84 yards per game with three touchdowns. But none of those touchdowns came against Iowa or Cincinnati, and he averaged only 54 yards in those games. So he's, he's getting his wins against the two lesser opponents. Um, but I think if we shut that down early, um, make them realize that Penix is going to have to be the hero. I said this with Bo Nix. He's just not going to be. Um, Penix this season so far, 55% completion. That is heavily inflated by the two games against inferior opponents. Against Iowa and Cincinnati, he's averaging 44% completion. Um, all, six of his, all six of his interceptions came in those two games. He had three against Iowa, three against Cincinnati. I think our defense is going to be all over him regardless. So my key to victory is make sure the run doesn't catch it. I don't think it will. We've been good. I don't think this kid, Stephen Carr, is anything amazing, but – Let's, uh, let's keep an eye on he's that. Averaging, he's not even averaging. He's averaging under four yards of carry on the year. But they're giving him the ball a lot. Um, right, right. Yeah. He's, he, like Stevie Scott last year beat us on short yardage touchdowns after yeah. we got turnovers. He didn't have a yeah, good yeah. game against Indiana us, but he punched it, it in. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And Cincinnati, I don't – just looking at Cincinnati's schedule, I don't, I don't really know if uh, – Are they frauds? Are they frauds? Are you calling them frauds? Fraud alert? 
Indiana, I'm, I'm going Indiana out there Indiana with a little fraud alert out there. They Indiana, played them, I mean, Indiana played them well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll find out this weekend. But They got Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, we will we'll find, find out, out. But we'll find out. I'm looking at the like I'm just and this is just box score watching. So, but Indiana played them pretty well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's yeah four for fourteen on third down. Uh, you know, three hundred twenty eight. But Indiana had more total yards than them. It's just Penix threw three picks. And, no, that, in, in the game of football, so, three picks is not good. I yeah, agree on so, that. So, all I'm saying is, Cincinnati subpar, may not be that performance. Subpar. Yeah. All right. Before we get to final predictions, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, this episode has been brought to you by. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have sponsors. We're not that cool. Um, we will. We will get to some Twitter questions. This episode has been brought to you by our Twitter friends because they're awesome and they give us questions to talk about. So first up, we already covered Sweens. Shout out Sweens. Love you, brother. Uh, next up, a good friend of ours, CJ Scalzetti at CJ Goon said, "Talk of the Penn State win will be Clifford and explosive wide receivers again?" Question mark. Running game got going. Question mark. We kind of covered those already. Um, but his last question is is there any shuffling on the o-line um so you guys have seen you know week one we had some shuffling at left guard uh we've gotten some backups in you know in in the games against ball state and villanova um but our front five to me seems fairly solidified um do you guys see any sort of shuffling or any changes or would you like to see any shuffling or changes brandon is grimacing with a facial expression we'll let him start i hate to see this say this but um miranda's our center right now right he is so, you watch your mouth. <laughs> he is, uh, he's getting blown off the ball. Um, and I don't know, he wasn't getting blown off the ball like that at guard last year. Um, they have worked other people uh, in earlier in the game, at center specifically. Uh, so, that has been it's interesting. Been right? Yeah. And earlier in the game, like with the first team. So, I mean, we're still, the game's still away, but we haven't rotated in the rest of the line yet. Um, so that has been interesting to see. Um, I, I think Miranda, I just, I, I, but the issue is Scruggs is a little too young to have as your center. So you're really just stuck between a rock and a hard place there because you still need Miranda's experience to run center. So if they do make a change, it's got to be at least after Iowa, I think. And probably it's got to be like right after Iowa. I, I wouldn't want to see them make that change for Iowa, especially in that environment. Um, and maybe, I don't, I don't know what your change would be at that point, but um yeah, I think the yeah, only change he, you can make there is just flipping the two, Scruggs to center and exactly. Miranda to guard. I don't think you have a guy behind them that would be better than either. Like, you want those two on the field. Yep, and that's what I, I think Miranda at guard, because he, he did perfectly fine last year at guard. So, um, I, that's I, I want to see it, but I would want to see that in camp. and that's or, or if we had the cake schedule we normally have at the beginning of the season, that's when I would want to see that. I don't know if it – I don't know if the growing pains are worth it at this point, but he gets blown off the ball a little too frequently. I think that's fair. What about the rest of you guys? Any changes you want to see on the line? Or are you, are you good with the growing no, pains and the like, learning I mean, curve? Kind of, like, kind of like we talked about earlier, I just want to see more consistency, which is just going to come with reps. And, uh, you know, switching it up now is just going to just set us back another couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I, I think that you should keep the, keep the five intact. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like Eric. Eric Wilson's been left guard, uh, Harvard yeah. transfer. Um, I'm not an O line expert, but I think he's been good enough. Uh, you know that would, that change was made after week one when Wigan was was underperforming. So I, I think the five that we have on the field are the best five we have. I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes. You say a Harvard transfer? I know nothing Harvard. about the. I, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm not well versed in the offensive line. Did he graduate from Harvard and then transfer? Is he like? Yeah, he's a grad transfer. Okay. Yep. Good. Good. Yeah. Just make sure. Just make sure. Yeah. You can talk about 
Yeah. Yep. Our, yeah. Our left, our left guard battle going into the season was Anthony Wigan, who was a transfer from Lackawanna, uh, been in the program for two years. And then Eric Wilson came in from Harvard. Uh, Wigan started the first game, but unfortunately just didn't look good. So Wilson stepped in uh, and has been holding down the spot ever since. So to CJ's question, I don't think we've seen any shuffling. Um, maybe to Brandon's point, maybe some center guard rotation, that, but that's tough. I was going to say, I think that goes back to, to the, the running backs too. The more shuffling that you have, the less consistency that you have through the offense and, and having that move forward. So you keep that still and then you allow the running game to, to work its way through those, those linemen. I think it's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next question. This one actually, this one, this one made me think a little bit. So I'm interested to hear you guys. Um, this one comes from Rhett Mays at Mays7. That are you concerned at all with Penix's mobility? Mobile quarterbacks have seemed to always give us trouble. Tony, why don't you guys start this one? Are you concerned with Penix's mobility? No, I think our defense is being very fast. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. That's the, honestly, that's probably the least of my concerns. I was going to say, I think I brought it up as something to watch for controlling Penix, but I think our defense within the first four games has showed me a lot that we, I wasn't seeing last year, especially with, with Parsons out. Um, so now with a very consistent defense, being able to, to, you know, own the offense, whoever we're playing, I'm not as concerned this, this weekend and this year against Penix. Brandon Smith, sideline, sideline, all game long. Let's get it. All game. Jesse Lucada at, at DN has looked so fast. I'm loving him at the end. He, he's, yeah, I look dominant. He looks fast, yeah. aggressive. I, and I love him there instead of linebacker because was a step too slow for the linebacker. But just, hey, it just, it's just one step closer to playing five linebackers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let, let, me, let me hit you with some stats because I actually really like this question from, like I said, uh, Rhett Mays, Mays 7. I really like this question because in my head, in my dumb brain, I have a dumb brain, I've admitted that many times. In my head, I'm sitting there going, this man ran for two two-point conversions. He killed us, blah, 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 blah. Do you know how many rushing yards this kid has this year through four games? Like, well, you know. In he has college, negative 32. But in college, 15 you get carries. Sure, college, I understand yeah. that. I understand that. But if you're a mobile quarterback, also, you find a way to negate also, those things. Less concerned. He's, he's not really that mobile quarterback. And also, when he runs, it's typically designed runs. It's not like he's break. you know, he, coverage is, you know, holding and then he's like, you know, busting out. That, those are the kind of court quarterbacks that I worry about. People that can make something out of nothing. That's not Pence. I agree. So, so let's let's that was that was a dog. Oops, apologies for that. Let's run through this real quick because I think this is important because the conception that people have is Penix is a Russian quarterback, and I don't. I just he's just not. So this year, 15 carries, negative 32 yards. He does have two touchdowns on the ground. Last year, 18 carries for 25 yards with a long of 25. Yeah. He averaged 1.4. So he had a one long run and a bunch of bunch of stuff. Yes, he got two two point conversions on us, but so what it. Really, you have to go back to 2019. He had 22 carries for 119 yards. Sure, he averaged 5.4, but over the course of a season, what's 100 yards? So I don't think he's as mobile as we think he is. Like Alex said, it comes on designs. I think we saw him run in two two-point conversions against us, and that's sort of the ghost that we're seeing a lot. I am not concerned about him running on us whatsoever. The let is not, not letting him get in this year. Yeah, he, he better not score. There. This year, Brisker would have gotten there last year. Fair. I was gonna say, um, I think he, what what he go thirty something for fifty last week, which is is one thing to just look out for. But if 
I didn't know he had negative 32 rushing yards this year. So take uh, any like like a sack counts as negative. A sack counts, but but again, uh, if you were if you were a mobile Iowa, so. if you were a mobile quarterback, yeah. if you were a mobile quarterback, you'd have enough runs to offset that. Yeah. You wouldn't but be yeah, it's just not. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, next one comes from One Arm Drummer. Uh, can any member of the officiating crew correctly determine if a ball breaks the plane of the goal line before a ball carrier's entire lower body is on the ground? And also, can they count to four without skipping numbers? So um, I'll take this as, a, as sort of a general question for you guys. Where do you fall on the, you know, the ref screwed us or this call screwed us versus we've got to be better to overcome those things? Yes, the, the fourth down one, the punting on third down will blow my mind forever. Um, where do you guys stand on some of these officiating woes that happened well last year you know maybe this is something that's not a popular opinion of amongst penn state fans but i don't think that the refs could have overturned that call last year i just don't think there was enough evidence i think if they called him down in the first place they wouldn't have but i don't think you could have overturned that we should have won that game a billion different ways that is not the ref's fault i mean like you said with the with what what is there to say about the Penn State Auburn one where they yeah, there's there's nothing to say. I mean that was a clear mistake. They I don't know how that happened. It happened, but uh, they, really, that, uh, I I don't know. But I was gonna say you, you think back three, four, five years ago when Hackenberg against or when we were playing Ohio State and that one third down play that hit the ground and we all knew it wasn't a conversion and they converted. We lost that game. Uh, I love the way Franklin responded to it last week or, or uh, against the fourth down where we didn't get it, where he was just like, you say nothing and you just go on and you play your game plan. You don't let it affect how it's going to affect your play calling or anything else like that. It's just, Hey, we can't change it. We're just going to have to keep moving forward and keep our team on the same line. It, it sucks, but Hey, that's the, that's the name of the game. Keep it going and, and, and just make plays. I can't lie. I want to see Franklin, be more Urban Meyer on the sidelines sometimes. I want to see him. I want to see him just have like a complete conniption when when something crazy goes. Just 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 to see it. I think it'd be funny to see. Just when you see Urban like this. Uh huh. Fun. Like, that was last night. That was I just, last. I want to see that come from. I just want to see. I feel like shit happens and it's like fuck, and or it's like clearly not like in our favor, and it's like totally wrong. And then he's just kind of just like. Walking down, he was like, "Well, this sucks." It's like, and it's like, I need you to go fucking cuss somebody out, please. Yeah, I think I think he keeps it. I think he keeps it in during the game. We have seen this year more than any other year his yeah, emotions sure. post game. So after, yeah. I think it was after the Auburn, he was walking down. He threw the headset, and he said something. Fuck something. I don't know what it was, but it was great. Uh, and yeah. then after, I think it was after the Wisconsin game, he pushed the kid in the stands like. Uh, that's shout out Cameron Panese. He's been on this podcast before, former Nittanyville president. Um, he, he was in the Penn State white tuxedo with the white fedora, and Franklin went up to him and was like, yeah, like pushing him. So I think Franklin is in the game. Keep it zen, keep it focused. As soon as the game's over, we're seeing so much more emotion from him this year than we've seen in the past. He's controlling it in the right way, too. I think he's controlling the narrative around his emotion and, and putting that on the team and saying, hey, take this and whatever, whatever we're hearing outside – lock it out and let's control what, what we're doing. And, and it, and it's definitely echoing in the, in the, in the locker room, I think. Yeah. Agreed. All right. We got two more. 
Go ahead. To be fair, every fan base complains about the refs also. Like, yes, of course. You, you have to play good yeah. enough that one call yeah. won't ruin you. We, we yeah. could talk yeah. about that forever. Funny yeah. question, one-armed drummer, shout out to you. Uh, next one, Colby, Colby Collins, who is still alive in our survivor pool, one of the final four, shout out. Um, Colby says, where are the alternate unis in the Argyle end zone? So this is talking about the greatness, generations of greatness. They do that for homecoming, right? It's not the stripe out? Homecoming, the, the numbers on the, on the helmet. Uh, I am I right them. on that? Okay, so I, I think some people some people thought it was going to be this week because of the stripe out. It should be homecoming, which is I think October twenty third. Illinois is coming to town, so hold your breath. We should get those. They're the best uniforms in the world. I, I don't think I'm at the point where I want to wear them every single week, but I do oh, love no. them. I do love them when they come out. They look so fucking clean. Um. All right, and last question. Then we'll get to final predictions because we still have to predict the score of this game. Last question comes from our good friend Sup Caroline. She was a guest on the pod. Uh, very simple. Was Penix short? Yes. No. I watched no! it. No. I watched it a couple of times today. It's so questionable. He's yeah. he's kind of down. The ball's right there. I think the ball I, hits the ground before it crosses the plane. I was gonna say the ball looks like it hits the ground before there. Um, yeah. If he call if if they called a touchdown on the field. Uh, or if they called him down on the field and reverted to a touchdown, I would have been irate. But there was no video evidence that showed. You can't move, you can't move the goalpost. The question was, was he short? Wasn't it? Was there video evidence? Was he short? What? The he was question short. Was, Here, was I'm going to end this conversation right now because you guys are guests and this is my damn show. He was short. Caroline, we appreciate the question. <laughs> Thank you for writing in. I do want to give a shout out too, uh, to Steve Style at StylePSU79. Caroline wrote, was Penix short? And he wrote, that's a bit personal. I thought that was very funny. I thought that was very different. Can I ask a different question? Sure, but I'm going to overrule it. Should anyway. the call have been overturned? Yes. Yes. Yes, there's clear enough short. evidence that he's down, exactly. in my opinion. No. Uh, Matt, what, what do you think? I, Just like, like I guess. said, I think the ball, I think the ball, I was it's pretty a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. Should the call he was short. He was short. It should have been overturned. Okay. Just like right, that touchdown. Let's, let's, leave, let's leave the past in the past. This is 2021. Like I said, we are 4 0. Go, Birds. We are, hey, no, we're not done yet. We are 4-0. We are the number four team in the country. We are not thinking about last year. We are 1-0, So we're going to end this show with some final score predictions. Again, the spread is minus 12, minus 13-ish, depending on where you're looking. Over, under is 53 and a half. Give me a final score prediction. Tony and Matt, start us off. 50-0. Love that. So, yeah, we're scoring a touchdown on every drive, so. Duh. <laughs> uh, I, I've been going back 34 to I want to either say 17 or 14. I'm going to go 14. 34 to 14. So you are taking the under on that. Very, very bold. Brandon, but, we, but, we win, but, but we win by a, a, no, a no, plenty, plenty. I have no plenty. idea where Brandon's going with this after that, that facial reaction. From he liked that. He liked that. He liked that guess. I, I'm going to say <laughs> I, I'm going to say like I think we we hit forty this week. I'm gonna say forty-two. I would, I would be upset. I'm gonna say forty-two to fourteen, and okay. and, and most of their fourteens coming in garbage time. He's so taking he's taking mine. He's taking mine. Because we're <laughs> all game long. Gets the cover. Penix, gets the over. Penix, Alex, what's your prediction? Penix has three has three turnovers. I'm not gonna say three oh. interceptions. I'm thinking two interceptions and a fumble. He's definitely oh, gonna yeah. have a fumble. I think one fumble. 
he'll keep he'll keep his streak of three tur- turnovers against ranked teams. Got to keep that going. Alex, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm gonna go 38-17. Okay, Brandon. Seven. Say what? it again. 38 to seven. Okay. Wow. Under. A lot of unders here. A lot of unders. Uh, I got 41-20, and the only reason I give him 20 is because garbage time. I think we're up very big. I think it's like a 41 to seven in the fourth quarter. You put some backups in. Maybe they get some. Maybe they get some late, uh, late scoring. And also, anytime I predict like we get a crazy shutout, teams end up scoring on us. So this is a reverse jinx alert. Um, 41-20. We cover. Total goes over. We improve to five and oh. Get revenge, even though it's not really a revenge game. Gentlemen, thank you for joining. I appreciate the time. Any last words? I'll, I'll give you all the, what is that, the around the horn? Uh, they give them like 10 seconds at the end. None of you won because I, ha- I, haven't, I haven't kept points. Um, Tony and Matt, any last words? Uh, it's, it's not about Penn State, but um, do, you think that Mar- do you think Maryland takes down Iowa this week? Tonight. Oh, tonight. tonight? Yeah, that tonight. is kicking off in about an hour and a half. I'm, not, I'm going to the game. It's like 15 minutes from here. I, Sick, I think- dude. I, I was I'm I think kidding. that Brandon was supposed to come up and go, but he didn't because he's a little bitch. I think Maryland I think Maryland wins tonight. I, I think they win tonight. I think I think I think they keep it close. I think they keep it close for a half to three quarters, but Iowa pulls it out in the end. Do we do we want Maryland to win though? Like how do we how do we judge the rest of the Big Ten as we go through the rest of the season? I think it's a big question. Well yeah, if Maryland wins have, then the Big Ten East is stacked. Like Well that's what I'm saying. Like we have a Maryland we have Rutgers doesn't look bad. Uh, a <laughs> like, I think I think we want Maryland. All these teams don't look bad. Do we want them to win? Do we want them to lose? Yeah, like we want them to win, so that so that they'll be five and up. But we're playing Iowa too. So what? Who cares? Then they'll be four and one against a team that's five and up. All right. All right. I, I've I've always said this debate can go on forever. I want whatever gets us to the Big Ten championship. Whatever that is, that's what I want. Alex, any final words? Uh, no. Good, good final words. Brandon, anything for, for the listeners? Ben Simmons is a bitch. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going there. We're not going there. We're not going there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to No Names All Game. Hopefully you have a little bit of time to listen to this. Yes, it's, it's 24 hours until game time. I fucked up. I slept. We didn't get to record. We will be back on a normal schedule starting next week. Let's go 1-0 this week. 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. We are.